Hello, you sick, twisted freak. Great podcast, mainly about what's going on, you know, the beginnings of a civil war, the Joe Rogan thing, the Olympics. Don't give NBC a second of your time. Let them feel the full impact of the $7 billion deal with Jed. <laughs> Uh, uh, we also uh, we also discovered a couple of things on today's program that I think you're going to like. One, how to come back together. All on today's podcast. Oh, and by the way, don't forget the book. Yeah, the audio book is out, right? Available yeah, yeah. wherever. You know well, I know. I'm mean, going to make sure because you told me ten times sold. it was going to be out. But uh, it's Audible, uh, anywhere you go. Audible, Kindle, wherever you get your audio books. I don't think you buy you buy audiobooks from Kindle. I don't think that's a thing. But you buy them from Audible, which is the same company's uh, audiobook from, uh, Yeah, you buy wing. it from Amazon, which would then give you the Audible. Because they <laughs> also own Audible, but for some strange reason, you can't just go to Audible and buy it no. because that that's too crazy. That's against the law. I'm anyway, sorry. find the audiobook. It's out now. <laughs> Show's better than the open. <laughs> It is so good that Rose Rogan apologized over uh, over the weekend. Here he is. Uh, cut seven. I'm making this video to talk about the most regretful and shameful thing that I've ever had to talk about publicly. There's a video that's out. That's a compilation of me saying the N word. It's a video that's made of clips taken out of context of me of 12 years of conversations on my podcast and it's all smushed together and it looks horrible even to me. Now, I know that to most people, there is no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word, never mind publicly on a podcast. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years, but for a long time, when I would bring that word up, like if it would come up in conversation and stay, instead of saying the N word, I would just say the word. I thought as long as it was in context, hmm. people would understand what I was doing. Stop. <clears throat> okay. So, Joe, Joe, first of all, I appreciate the, um, I, I can appreciate what you're going through and I can appreciate your being honest here and you. <laughs> You really are sorry for people who were offended by that. But, Joe, they weren't offended by that. They did understand the context. If 12 years ago, and I don't know, if 12 years ago you were just throwing that word out, like Howard Stern, if you're just throwing that word out, um, people, you know, they, they don't look uh, positively on that word. 12 years ago, maybe it was different. Uh, but certainly 12 years ago in context, uh, I think it was a little different um, unless you know who the left is. Joe is under attack right now, and uh, I can tell you what's coming next. <laughs> uh, yes, you can. I can. Uh, as I've the OG it. of this entire thing. Thank you. you I, were... <laughs> I am the OG. Yes. They started out this plan to get you canceled so many years ago. They figured out the whole process mm -hmm. and tried to perfect it with you now you 
you seem to still be on the air, so apparently didn't work out all that well. Well, I will tell you that there's a couple of ways this is going to work out for him. First of all, Joe, never apologize. And I don't mean it like never apologize when you've done something that you find offensive or wrong. You should always apologize when you uh, have done something that you're ashamed of. So apology accepted. Apology uh, warranted, perhaps, perhaps. Maybe I, if you were using it in context, I don't think so. But like, maybe should Joe Biden apologize for what he said in that? In that, yeah. in that con- I don't. I mean, I don't think so. No, I right? don't. He was quoting someone. That's that's. Uh, I am giving. I I don't know every word that Joe Rogan has right. said on the podcast. So maybe he has thrown it out there, you know, twelve years ago, without context. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt and saying, you know, if that was what happened, then you should apologize. But not to these people, not to these people. If you really did hurt and offend people with it, your audience would have told you that you wouldn't be as successful as you are now because we are not a country of racists. No matter what everybody wants to say about us, we are not a country of racist. Hear me. This is a lie being pushed on you. Are there racists? Yes. Joe Rogan is not a racist. America is not a racist nation. We are becoming one, and it's in a reverse sort of way, but they deny that you could ever be anything other than white and be a racist. That's why Whoopi Goldberg was actually correct if you believe any of this woke BS. She she embodied her view on the Holocaust and the Nazis is the woke definition of racism. So I don't understand. Was Whoopi right or was she wrong? Which one? The ADL has so discredited itself because it had that definition for two years on their website, which makes my point. Whoopi was living the woke terminology. She was she she was confused by it because I think she actually believes that BS. Joe, there's a difference between. For your audience. I'm just talking for your audience. Your audience understands you. Your audience knows you. And when you have an epiphany, you should express that epiphany on air. You know, I did something yesterday that was just so stupid. I did something, whatever. I did something 10 years ago that I just have to tell you. But you can't apologize to the people you offended because if you offended, they're no longer listening to you. And you know you didn't offend the vast majority of your audience or they wouldn't be listening to you. So you can talk about an epiphany. I've had an epiphany lately. But if your epiphany on this, which I don't think it is, your epiphany on this is that you're being boycotted. That's the worst thing you can do. The worst thing you can do. Because they're not sincere. You may be, but they're not. This has nothing to do with racism. I can prove it to you here. Let me give you another story that just came out. 
uh, that says it's, you know, forget about racism. Racism, really? That's what you're concerned about? The real problem, oh, shoot, where is it? The real problem is that he's a transphobe. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's a new one now. They've got the racist oh, yeah. thing, the anti-vax thing, now transphobic. Now he's transphobic, and that is the real problem, Stu. Well, why? He had Abigail Schreier on his show for an interview. Exactly right. He had Deborah So. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people sure have lots of qualifications that would make them totally fine to interview uh, uh, on a sub- subject of their expertise. But no, no. let's just call them haters, uh, and then we can call Joe Rogan a hater uh, by extension. Yeah. So, so the next thing now is transphobe. So what does this tell you? Here's what's going to happen to Joe Rogan. Uh, well, I can't say what's going to happen to Joe Rogan. Joe, I think Joe survives. But if it plays out the way it always plays out, this is going to be wave after wave after wave. Because here's what, here's what they're trying to do. And I know because they developed it with me. They'll take one thing and that will be hard for his supporters to defend. He says it was even indefensible. Okay, so I don't know in today's world that was indefensible. It's exactly what happened to me when I said, I think Obama's a racist. No, he's not a racist. He just has something Uh, some uh, serious problem with white people or the white culture. Well, yes, it's called CRT. I didn't know what it was called at the time, but that's what I was sensing. And I apologized because I didn't mean that he was a racist. (sighs) Or does CRT make you a racist? I didn't know what I was dealing with at the time in artfully expressed thinking out loud. Okay, did that make that go away? No, no. The next charge was that I hated 9-11 victims, and they had one piece of audio, me saying, I'm beginning to hate these 9-11 victims. What was the context? Well, I was at a fundraiser that I started to help the families of 9-11, and, or no, sorry, to help the families of those in uh, New Orleans and all you were seeing on TV the night before this was them shooting at helicopters, people who were stranded, the bad guys. And I said, there's always bad guys, but you can't let that close your heart. We all gave to 9-11 and we know that there are a few people out there that are just using this to make money. And I, I hear them now. This was what, eight years later. I hear them now and I'm like, I, you know, I'm sick of hearing about you. I'm sick of it because the only t- the only victims we're hearing one are the ones who are playing the victim card. Did context matter? No, it was literally said at a fundraiser for Katrina victims, and they mm-hmm. tried to make it out as if you were seeing some saying something bad about Katrina victims. You yes. were raising money for them. Yes, but they didn't care. They no didn't one care. cared. So it, it so was stop trying. <clears throat> you can't win with those right. people. Why bother? Then I was a then I was an anti-Semite. Oh, yeah. uh, the Defender of Israel Award winner is yeah. an anti-Semite. That was always an interesting one. So here's the thing. There's two things going on. One, for Joe's knowledge, it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. It is now. They have you fixed in their targets. 
and there's only one goal, but they will take the secondary. Their goal is to wipe you out. And here's why. Because if they can take you out, they'll take every one of us out. You are, you are the, the biggest target. You're the apex predator. And if they can take you out, then that sends the message to Spotify and Google and Apple and everybody else. You better not have anybody right of Joe Rogan. You can't. Because we'll come for you. The apex predator. Because we just ate the polar bear. So they will come after you wave after wave to make it harder and harder for people who like you to explain because they don't have the context. It's not it's not in a viral video. And if you put together a viral video, it will be uh, it will be censored, dropped or seriously algorithmed out of existence. Because you are going behind not only a paywall for Spotify, but you are now entering the digital ghetto and they will put you behind a wall and they've already started to do it. So their goal is to take you out and they don't care about anything. These are not good people. They don't care about any of it. The ends justify the means. The other way this can end for you, and I'm going to give a, I'm going to actually give a third option that I'm actually hoping for. But their goal, they have one. The other way that they'll tolerate uh, is uh, that you have been so damaged that you are no longer acceptable to the majority of people that. You might still be acceptable in whispers. You might still be, yeah, I really like what he says, but it won't ever be like it is now because right now you're me when I had the, my face on the cover of Time magazine and that was unacceptable. You cannot have that. So they're going to take you down or they will marginalize you so where your core is super, super strong. And you know what? That's really all you should care about anyway. The people who actually listen to you, who actually know you. They can't have you bigger than your core. Good thing for you, your core is in the millions. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Well, I am so proud to be an American today, you know, and be able to support those companies like GoFundMe. Oh, love them. Love them. Love, 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 love them. Oh, and I can say that because they backtracked on all the money that was donated to the Canadian truckers. They backtracked. They said on Friday you know, that they were going to give it. They were not going to give it to the truckers. They would give it to charities of their choice. And I loved that. I thought that was great, except that might be fraud. Uh, that might be highly illegal. 
And then when uh, people said, we're going to open up investigations on you, good going, good going, AGs. We're going to open an investigation up on you. They changed their mind. And that's why I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of them that they took a horrible idea. Somebody that somebody should have been fired for that idea, even uttering that in the latest meet. You know what we should do? We should just not give the money back and we shouldn't give it to the Canadian truckers. We should give it to charities we like. You know what, Bob? Great idea for another company. Get out. That's what should happen. But no, they sat around and went, yeah, you know what? That'd sure show them, huh? We just take all that, those $8 million that we got, we give it to somebody else. Let's give it to Black Lives Matter because they're totally clean. How did that even happen? How did that even happen? It's happening because these elites think they're better and smarter than you. You know, Bob, that's a great idea because I've been thinking about it. And, uh, you know, the people that gave that $8 million, they didn't know what they were thinking. You know, they're not smart enough to know that that money should go to Black Lives Matter or, you know, maybe we give it to that group trying to take down Joe Rogan. Because that's what they do if they were educated. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I love it. That's what we're going to do. Now they're having their meeting today, I'm sure. And they're like, how do we get these damn politicians to point? Get George Soros on the phone. We need more AGs from George Soros. So I'm so proud of GoFundMe. And I am so proud, so proud of Twitter. You know, Twitter, uh, Twitter said, you know, we only took the video of the Olympics and the Uyghurs down. We only took these things down, like the figure skater of China, who apparently, I don't know, hit a wall, burst into flames. Don't know. Didn't watch it. Didn't even search for the video. Happy to say that. But uh, they uh, they took those things down. And Twitter says. It was the IOC. Um, their representative lobbied us to remove that that clip showing the Uyghur athlete lighting the Olympic flame. And so we as a big tech company, they swayed us. And so we took that down. Oh, really? 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 Huh. Huh. So they say it's a copyright uh, complaint that was sent to us by the copyright owner and their author then why did you say earlier that they had lobbied you to remove the why didn't they just say yeah they called us up and it's copyright violation we got rid of it. why did you say they lobbied you Isn't that weird ha so uh anyway yeah the ioc says you know you can't do it but why did why, why did nbc uh take down the the figure skater you know, the one that burst into flames. I have no idea. Why, why can't you find that one on NBC? Because that would be a copyright holder. Or is it China? Is it China? I love China. I love, 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 love them. I, I can't wait to buy the latest phone made by Uyghurs. Because did you see, Stu? They lit the Olympic torch. It was great. 
It was an in-your-face moment, Glenn. It was. An in-your-face you know, moment in by fact, President G. Now, I'd like to play, and I would play it, over and over and over again, but it'll have the entire show removed from the internet, so not going to give them the satisfaction of that. The, the um, We told you that uh, that uh, the Uyghur lit, and we played the clip, and we have it. We saved it, so it will be. We'll put it in our vault, so when this madness ends... You'll be able to post it online and see it. Anyway, um, the um, we played it on Friday, and Friday's show has been removed from the internet because, I mean, it was a copyright violation, and they, you know, they lobbied Twitter, which means they just served Twitter with a piece of paper from an attorney saying copyright violation, or you lobbied Twitter. That's weird. Anyway. I'd like to play it, but um, uh, let me just, we're going to just recreate it. Uh, You know, my voice is a little, will you play the other side? And this is Savannah Guthrie. Mm -hmm. Okay. You ready? Your mic, I guess. Mike. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think he said that. Mike, this is a moment uh, quite provocative. You know, see, you're laughing through this. This is not a, you do her. I'll play the other side. Mike, this is a moment is quite provocative. It's a statement from the Chinese oh, president please. Xi Jinping I'm as fast as I can. to choose an athlete from the Uyghur we minority. We are going to burn you alive with the torch. It, it is an in-your-face response to those Western nations, including me, the U.S. Help me, I'm being tortured. Who have called this Chinese treatment of that group genocide and diplomatically boycotted these games? There will be much discussion about this moment. That is beautiful. That was. That is beautiful. She sounds good, too. She did. Yeah. She did. And the whipping sounds really do add to the Olympic (laughs) uh, spirit. Yeah. I mean, did anybody anybody think that that, did anybody buy that except for Savannah Guthrie and NBC? Anybody? I mean, if you were paid by your corporation, I would say nothing. Say nothing. Just let it play. Don't say that it's a weaker. Nothing. And if my corporation had a problem with it, I'd come out and say, you know, I, I just could not bring myself. This is not a pro-American statement. I want everybody clear on that. It's not pro-American. I hate America as much as the rest of NBC. But let me tell you. I'm not I'm not going to deliver the propaganda air gerbils. I'm not doing it. Nah. 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 Got too much money at stake. Too much money. Oh. Okay. So um uh so you have the Olympics uh, apparently again. I didn't watch it. Um, but, uh, apparently the message of the entire opening ceremony was unity and coming together, the world just coming together, you know, in the spirit of, in the Olympic tradition, in the spirit of the Olympic athletes, just competing with one another (gasps) competition. That sounds awful lot like capitalism. What do you mean? Competition. Is it a level playing field? Well, if you're looking for a literal level playing field, yeah, all the 
but one you know one country doesn't have to have a hill on their bike lane uh, i don't know what you mean well as long as it's a level playing field can the countries that are oppressed can they have maybe a downhill part of the bike race could they just could we dig there's down a little bit so there's straight down could we do that or i mean we could make it uphill for america uh anyway um the uh, the whole point was let's come together and compete Let's all compete. Let's just be in the Olympic sphere. Let's come together. We can do this together, says China, the night before they announce with Russia a new world order where that the world is led by China and Russia and against the United States. Because I think that's the Olympic spirit that we were looking for. You know, I think that's it. You know, and I and I think I think Savannah, I think she's she's great. She's wonderful that she didn't, you know. Apparently, because I didn't watch it, apparently didn't point out, you know, that whole unity thing that we just heard from President G uh, last night kind of tainted a little bit. I mean, it was tainted for the run, you know, that part of the slave running to light the Olympic torch kind of tainted there, but I didn't mention it. But I think I'm going to have to mention, hey, let's all come together, you know, as a world and let's just all compete. And and we need to spread this Olympic uh, spirit. It's because it's it's wonderful. It's great. It's fantastic. Uh, and then let's, you know, uh, join with Russia to destroy America. I think that was good. I think that was good. And uh, NBC, you have nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing. We know who you are. I know. I know. I know. Green Week. You care deeply, deeply about these things. You do. You do. And your coverage of the Olympics, where China is coming out and, and saying, we're just, we're not torturing people, even though we clearly are, and we're laughing at everybody's face. Uh, but we're just enslaving the entire world, you know, with our money and making everybody bow to us. I think that is a noble, noble. I think that's a noble goal that you're pursuing there. I do. And that's why you shouldn't give one bloody second to NBC. I don't care if NBC is holding the exclusive of some world leader going, aliens do exist. I want you to meet Bob. He's from another solar system. It'll eventually get on to, you know, another channel. Don't watch the Olympics. Let NBC feel, feel the impact of that decision. And they'll only feel the impact of that decision when all of their sponsors are like, um, you have no ratings. So I guess you're going to play my commercial for the next six months on your network for free. Because that's what happens. Let them feel the ramifications of siding with China. Maybe that'll catch their attention. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Oh, my gosh. So here's Ray Dalio. He said uh, last week. U.S. appears to be on a classic path towards some sort of civil war amid dangerous combination of large deficits, high taxes, inflation gaps in wealth and values. When all of that happens at the same time, there are foreign powers that are becoming strong enough to challenge the leading world power, 
that is encountering this civil dynamic. It is especially a risky period. He says both the left and the right are fighting to win at all costs, eliminating moderates and the ability to compromise as a result. He said there's also a loss of truth in the public domain. No, making some people too afraid to speak up. The biggest question is how much the system will bend before it breaks. Now, let me give you some other things that he said, because this is what he says is really leading to it. I agree with almost everything he just said there. Okay, We are headed towards something, and I prefer to think it's the Great Wake Awakening. He says, the current financial conditions and irreconcilable differences in desires and values are consistent with the ingredients leading to some form of civil war. He's right. This is why I've been telling you, you've got to shore your finances up, get out of debt, make sure that you're fine. You want to be a blessing, not part of the problem, because people are going to be hungry. It's why we started Mercury One. I just had a meeting two weeks ago, or was it last week, with the Mercury One. I said, this, this, uh, this year, we have to be all about helping people help themselves. We have to find out where real pain points are and go in and help people um, because we have to model that. All of us do. He says, not knowing what is true because of distortions in the media and propaganda increases and people become more polarized emotionally, um, emotional and politically motivated. So he's got distortions in the media. He's right. But there also will be distortions in um, social media as well from our side or people purporting to be on our side. For instance, let me just say this about the Great Reset. By the way, available now on audiobook. And it's really good. I know I was there. Uh, but I read it and it's really, really good. Anyway, um, you can get it at you know Kindle or Audible or wherever you, you get your books on audio. So um, the propaganda can come, for instance, like on our side with the Great Reset. There are going to be people, some of them intentionally, others just don't know, that will buy into conspiracy theories. And then you start blurring the truth. It's very important that you don't add on just the stuff you know the stuff like in our book that is all footnoted. You have to have the proof. Don't speak out beyond what you know to be true. Don't trust anyone. Trust your own ability to find the truth. Somebody says it, go check. Somebody says it, where'd they get that? Go check. Go find that source. Where did they get that? We can't be like the left because that, that's what they've taught us in history books. They don't ever quote the people anymore. They don't quote the people that knew the people. They quote scholars that lived hundreds of years later that claim they know something different than the people who lived in that time. When causes that people are passionately behind are more important to them than the system for making decisions, the system is in jeopardy. Now, let me ask you both. The media and the propaganda increases people become more polarized, emotional, and politically motivated. Which group has set out to do that intentionally? 
Do you remember Saul Alinsky? That is what they're doing. That is what they're doing to Joe Rogan right now. That's what they do to everyone. They polarize them. And it becomes emotional. Joe Rogan is not a racist. He's not a racist. You're not a racist. Well, I don't know. I mean, this could spill out into anybody, anybody's living room. But most likely, you're not a racist. America, say this out loud with me right now. I don't care where you are. America is good and not racist. Say it. America is good and not racist. You got to start telling yourself the truth. Because right now, to say America, America is a good place. Sometimes, you know, if you're not in a red state, you're kind of like, you know, America's, you know, it's not, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not bad. No, state it. Exceptional. Exceptionalism. Exceptional. Mm -hmm. When winning becomes the only thing that matters, unethical fighting becomes progressively more forceful in self-reinforcing ways. You mean the ends justify the means? They never do. They never do. And what is our cause? When causes that people are passionately behind are more important to them than the system for making decisions, the system is in jeopardy. Well, I'm telling you right now, the system is in jeopardy because of causes that people are passionately behind that is more important to them than the system outlined in the Constitution. What are we fighting for? I am fighting for a return to order. I am not any return to order, a return to constitutional order, one where the Bill of Rights is fully understood and embraced and enforced. If winning becomes more important than the Constitution, we've already lost. Now, listen to this. He goes on to say, in 2022 elections, we will see losses by moderates and gains by extremists and populists. Okay, let's go over that. In the elections, we will see losses by moderates. May I say, no, unless they're globalists. If they're globalists, yeah, you are. But if there's somebody that's standing up, this is not an extremist position. For the Bill of Rights, for the three branches of this government, for reasonable spending... And they're not for some globalist agenda, then you know what? They're probably not going to lose because that's where a lot of people are. When you say gains by extremist quote or extremist slash populists, wait a minute. Who are the extremists? And I know the right is being made to look like extremists. That's what they call us. We're for the Constitution. If that makes me an extremist, that says more about you than me i'm not the extremist i'm the one that agrees with our founders i'm the one that agrees with uh with abraham lincoln do you so make sure the extremists are clearly defined and populist i don't like i don't like populism because it can imply blind jingoistic movement Okay, 
it can populist just take whatever's popular and just feed on that and go well that's that's not who i am what i am is a constitutionalist who many of the things that we talk about are growing in popularity that doesn't make us a populist populists pure populist that has nothing underneath there's not building a framework is just whatever is popular that's a problem a nationalist is a problem but not somebody who believes in the constitution because then the government isn't involved and pride in your nation there is nothing wrong with that as long as you're like the old texans that are always like you know that's a fine place to new york well, I hear a lot of great things about that. Of course, not Texas, but I hear a lot of great things about that. Okay? They are very proud of their state. They should be. It's a great place to be and a great place to be from. Be proud of it. That's different than, yeah, I'm from Texas. I'd like to destroy and absorb New York. Because we'd fix it. That's nationalism. That's a problem. He says, we will see the election of extremist and extreme populists. They will win because each side wants fighters not to compromise and moderates will also choose not to run. Okay, so you have to define the moderates again. Um, And no. My theme song, you know, my theme song is like, we're the key. We're the key. It's always been. We're in this together. Let's reach out. Let's be united. But there comes a point where you can't be united anymore because we don't have the same principles anymore. We don't have the same values anymore. You know, I value hard work and not just not just because it's paid off. But because, follow the science, science has even proven that work adds to a man and woman's self-esteem. One of the things we're facing that nobody wants to talk about is the fourth industrial revolution. When you lose your job and you're not able to find a job, but the government or whomever, I'd like to be paid by big tech, I have a I, I have a whole theory on this one. I'd like to explain. I think I could get everybody on this policy. But uh, you, want, you want somebody to pay you because you can't find a job. Here's the problem. If you put 40% of the population on basic minimum income, where do they find meaning? Where do they find meaning? I'm going to do a series of shows on this program just on that problem. Because we have to we have to know where do we get meaning. The Supreme Court will make decisions on contentious issues that people are willing to fight over. There's a big risk that each side will view the decisions as unfairly made by the other side and not accept them, which leads to tests of power. You know, can you think of a time when the Republicans went and fought? I mean, I firmly believe that uh, abortion is murder. But I don't go out with guns 
and shoot abortion doctors. I think that's bad. To quote Joe Biden, don't do that. Here's the deal. Very few people think that's right. Okay? Can you think of things beside the Dred Scott decision? When, when did conservatives go out and say, well, at least in the modern era, I can't think of one. Civil rights, maybe, maybe, but that's, that was Democratic-led. Because remember, all the Democrats, uh, all, they all moved, even though not one, not one, look it up, not one Democrat switched sides. That's what everybody believes. All the Democrats, the racist Democrats, they went to the Republican Party. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They stayed right there. But different story. You mean, is it just related to Supreme Court? Yeah, just because it says Supreme Court will make decisions on contentious issues that people are willing to fight over. Only one I can think of is Dred Scott. We're not doing it. The left does that all the time. We're not doing it. And that's why we got to change these people. When are we going to stop listening to these people? And then when they get their way and the other half is, you know, like, uh, that's murder. That's settled law. Yeah, it's then settled, it's settled law. law. Right. Yeah, of course. I can't think of maybe, uh, you know, that doesn't mean it hasn't happened. I just can't think of one. Da, da, da.